He Kiora and hello iceberg people. Alison Balance here. I reckon if you like audio adventures, you might like my new podcast series, Voice of the Kakapo. It's a sound-rich story set on a remote New Zealand island. It follows an amazing conservation effort to save one of the world's rarest birds, the kakapo or night parrot. If that doesn't sound like your thing, then sorry to bother you and you can stop now. But otherwise, here's episode one to get you in the mood and set the scene. If you enjoy it, then search for the podcast RNZ Kakapo Files to follow along. Thanks for your time. Bye for now. Kākāpō, the booming of the male kākāpō is a little bit like the heartbeat of the land. Kia ora, and welcome to Voice of the Kākāpō, an audio adventure from RNZ. I'm Alison Balance, and this is the story of a rare bird, a remote island, and a remarkable year. Part 1. Kākāpō, Night Parrot. Maya Ranginui, Maya Papatu Nuku Maya Tani, Kapu Waitarimu, Kahua Kakapu, Nakitafayo, Kitio Marama, Kahiri Tangata, Kahiri Finua, Katu Kitapo, Katu Kitel, Tihei Maurioga. Kakapu, Parrot of the Night. You came from Rangi. You came from Mother Earth. You came from Tane for the flowering of Rimu. A sustenance for Kākāpō from this world to the world beyond. We are bound together in conserving nature. We are bound together in conserving land. Let night come, let day come. Ah, such is life. I'm not going to see it in my time, but hopefully one day we'll restore the heartbeat of our land and we can flood the valleys and the hilltops around our cities with kākāpō. And wouldn't that be amazing to have that life back? This is Deirdre Verko from the New Zealand Department of Conservation. She leads a team dedicated to bringing kākāpō, one of the world's rarest and most unusual birds, back from the brink of extinction. Working with her is scientist Andrew Digby. So the kākāpō is a bird which isn't really a bird. It's a bit more like a mammal. They're quite big. That's the first impression everyone has. Uh, They're bigger than your average backyard chicken. 
and they're a beautiful mossy green colour. They've got a very forward facing face, so almost owl-like with gorgeous whiskers and quite a long tail. They do have big wings, perfectly useless for flying, but they're quite large still. They're very fragrant and they also have a freeze behaviour in response to threat. And that relates back to earlier predators, the giant harst eagle, which is now extinct. So this eagle flying high above in the sky with sharp eyes, it was best just to freeze. It's got incredible camouflage and it's very, very difficult to see even at close range. Kakapo in a bag? Yeah. So who's that? This is Wolf. And he was hiding in quite a big clump of garnia. A really nice little spot down here. I actually heard him before I saw him. He gave himself away. And then I was I was within a foot of him before I saw him. <laughs> He's very well hidden. If he had kept quiet, he would have been quite hard to find. The Kakapo is nocturnal. It's the only flightless parrot in the world. It's the heaviest parrot in the world. It's a herbivore. It only eats plants and it's got a really unusual breeding system too. So they don't mate for life, they don't pair, uh, but the males kind of loosely congregate together at high points and they form a lek where they will dig a shallow bowl or scrape in the ground and they'll sit in that bowl. And they inflate themselves a bit like a football and make this really low frequency booming noise which travels for quite a long distance and attracts the females. From dusk till dawn, uh, there'll be this gorgeous mm, mm, filling the forest, and it really feels like a heartbeat of the land. They mix that up with another strange noise called a ching, ch, 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 uh, which is a bit more directional and, and leads the females in. And so the females come to mate, and somehow they, they choose, we don't understand that. They mate and go away, lay two to four eggs and incubate them for a month and then do a lot of chick rearing all on their own. Kakapo used to be very, very common in New Zealand. We don't know how many there used to be, at least tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands right throughout the country. But when people arrived and they brought, introduced mammals with them and they cleared the forest and hunted the Kakapo for food, the populations crashed quite quickly. And in particular, in the end of the 19th century and the early 20th century, they crashed very, very fast. And that was mainly as a result of predation by animals like stoats. So we have a really gorgeously smelling kākāpō who likes to freeze. Fantastic food for introduced predators like the stoat and of course that's why they're in such dire straits at the moment. By the end of the 20th century, so by the mid-1990s, it got down to 51 individuals. So 
So the kakapo are unusual for bird species in that they don't breed every year. They tend to breed about every two or three years and that's in response to the masting or the mass fruiting of certain tree species. And in particular in the south of New Zealand it's the rimu tree. It's a, a large southern conifer tree. It's a gorgeously impressive tree and every three or four years it, it fruits heavily. And so kakapo are triggered to breed by the mast of the rimu. Presumably it was also masts of lots of other species throughout, throughout New Zealand. The rimu fruit develop over quite a long period of time and the kakapo pick up on the cues in the trees and know that the fruit is developing. And we get the green rimu fruit which lasts throughout the spring period. And so the kakapo must, when they're foraging, know that the green fruit is developing, know that there's, there's lots of it on the trees and so know that it's time for them to breed. In the late summer time, um, the fruit will normally ripen, so the green rimu fruit turns red and swells up and it produces quite a, an amazing food source. There's lots and lots of it. Pretty much the entire diet that those chicks eat is ripe rimu fruit. Here on Whenua Ho, quite often the fruit fails to ripen. It's only ripened fully uh, once in the last 20 years that we're aware of. But I'm actually hoping that we get a, a ripening year this year, fingers crossed. You've been listening to Voice of the Kākāpō, part one, Kākāpō Night Parrot. We heard Deidre Verko and Andrew Digby from the Kākāpō Recovery Programme at the New Zealand Department of Conservation. Tane Davis from Naitahu and the late Ricky Cherrington from Napuhi composed the Kākāpō Whakatauki, which was read by Tane. We also heard from the male Kākāpō, Bonus, Bill, Lionel, Merv, Wolf and others, as well as a beautiful kāka solo and the massed chorus of seabirds. Voice of the Kākāpō was recorded and produced by me, Alison Balance, and mixed by Mark Chesterman at RNZ. You can find the podcast at rnz.co.nz or search for RNZ Kākāpō Files on your favourite podcast app. Next time in part two, the biggest Kākāpō breeding season on record gets off to an early start. Bye for now. Mā te wā. Mm-hmm.